Welcome, everybody. <laughs> We're so happy you came. And in case you don't know what panel you're in, you are in Gaming for Noobs. So welcome. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, we are just going to have, we might have time for questions at the end. We're just going to ask you to wait. And then um, if we do have time, come up to the mic to ask them. Okay? Sound good? All right. Uh, let's do introductions. I'll start us off. Uh, I am Lindsay Goodwin. I am from the Cutscenes and Cupcakes blog or podcast. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Thank you. I have a lot of gaming experience. I have been gaming since I was born. Like, I had an SNES in my house growing up and played the hell out of it. And then moved on to the N64 and have just been doing it ever since. And yeah, I, I don't know. My sisters got me into it, I guess. That's how I got started. But I don't know. I'd like to introduce Marley. Go ahead, go for it, Marley. Okay. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I'm Marley Haywood. I'm also part of the Cutscenes and Cupcakes podcast. I so Lindsay's are considered like our player like expert. Um, I'm considered player medium because I I kind of had an average gaming experience growing up. Like I played some kind of here and there. Um, like some of those including N64's GoldenEye and Mario Kart. I would even play Halo with my brother, and which I had like a grand old time, and then I later found out that he only let me play for target practice, which I was fine with, because I was having fun. I just loved playing. And I also really got into like those fun dance games like DDR and Just Dance. And yeah. nowadays, yeah. <laughs> they're fun. They're so fun, and they're a great workout. Anyways, nowadays, I just kind of play games um, with my friends, more of like a social gathering. And um, since I've gotten my own PS4, though, I've played a lot more games on my own, which has been awesome because, like, I've learned a lot. I'm Steph. I'm the noob player of cutscenes and cupcakes. <laughs> I was not allowed to have a gaming system at my house when I grew up. I had a clear purple Game Boy, though. Um, that I play, and my cousins had a Super Nintendo that we played DK Country on, like a ton and ton a ton. <laughs> so, um, most of the gaming experience I have is from playing with my friends. Um, now that I've gotten older, so. Fusion Frenzy. Oh, we did play Fusion Frenzy with my cousin. Yeah, that's, that's her cousin. <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm Tori Fika. I am not on the Cutscenes and Cupcakes podcast. <laughs> Honorary um, member. Yes, yes. Um, I have a blog called Level One Geek, um, and oh. I was invited to uh, sort of represent like the tabletop side of gaming, um, although I also grew up uh, with a PlayStation, PlayStation 2 in my house, watching my brothers play. I first realized that I could also play video games when I figured out how to I was home kind of by myself, maybe I was sick or something from school, and my brother could not beat this one boss on Kingdom Hearts. And I was like, man, I'll just turn it on and just, you know, give it a try. And I beat the boss. And Ooh, I was like, oh. yeah. But nobody was around, so of course, you know, I had So to did like it really convince. happen then? Exactly. That's the question. Hicks or it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I played video games pretty much growing up. I didn't really play tabletop games, tabletop role-playing games, I should say until I was in grad school just like four years ago. Um, but I have absolutely fallen in love with them. And uh, so that is what I write about on Level 1 Geek, especially for people who are kind of new to tabletop games. Like Erica. That's me. Erica. <laughs> uh, this, this, is, this is my name, right? Yeah, that's my name. I'm Erica Startup, and that really is my last name. That's not a stage name or anything. <laughs> it's legit. Um, so I'm Erica. 
I do the Codex Cast, which is a live stream of various tabletop games with Tori. I am not part of the, the podcast, <laughs> but I'm happy to be here. <laughs> um, my dad actually introduced me to gaming when I was a kid. It was, he started off playing Laura Croft, didn't Tomb Raider games. Which she's cosplaying today, pretty much. Apparently. <laughs> I didn't realize, you know, subconsciously, that's where it came from. And then I played a lot of Battlefront. And then as I grew up, it kind of was a not as common to play games in our household. So I, as I moved out, got a PS4, got married, got him into gaming, which was great. And then joined the Codex cast about two months ago. Two months ago, started with tabletop gaming, and I am such a noob. It's ridiculous. You should watch because my facial expressions are great. <laughs> anyway, that's me. So, um, what games are you guys playing right now? I'm playing like Red Dead Redemption 2 online Anyone a lot, else? <laughs> and I've been replaying Stardew Valley, <laughs> oh, I've been um, that which I would recommend if you guys haven't played it. Like, it's kind of addicting. <laughs> In a good way. Um, currently, I'm playing. I'm also playing Red Dead Redemption 2 online. Like, I'm a little obsessed. Um, and then also Horizon Zero Dawn, playing it for the first time. Yeah, I see some fans out there. <laughs> um, playing some fantasy football with my family. <laughs> and then Overwatch. Yes. <laughs> Overwatch. I'm playing Overwatch right now. I feel like I uh, didn't get it until like. The hype train had already left, and so I, like, I'm like now experiencing the hype train that everyone felt, you know, like two or three years ago. But I'm really loving it, um, and I'm also I play League of Legends yeah. here and there. Yeah. I mean, don't like take that as a claim that I'm good at League of Legends. I just play it, um, and uh, of course, you know, tabletop games. I'm playing some D and um, and Blades in the Dark right now with uh, the Codex cast. So. Yes. Oh, and I have a PS4 right now. I am the worst. I play console games so, so slowly. But I'm working on Spider-Man. Yes. Very nice. slowly. That's such That's a, good a good game. One. That's a great one. Um, I am not playing Red Dead Redemption. But you should. My list. That's okay. <laughs> um, but I have been playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey like crazy. I think I'm at 145 hours and I got it a couple ago. Oops. Right. Um, um, let's see. I just downloaded Shadow of Mordor, and so I'm like Ooh. so excited to play that. It's ridiculous. It's like my favorite. Um, doing the same thing. Codex Cast doing Blades in the Dark, and man, that thing is crazy. But that's about all I'm doing right now. So uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about the differences between a tabletop RPG and console gaming. Um, and console gaming, I just, please forgive me, everyone. I'm going to just kind of lump in PC gaming with, um, we're just going to say that kind of, like video gaming. <laughs> Calm down over there. I see you. Calm down, We can, we can fight after, but yeah, we'll, talk, we'll later. talk about it later. <laughs> Anyways, so, um, Tori, Erica, do you guys have thoughts on tabletop RPGs versus console gaming um, yeah. that you wanted to add? Oh, Definitely. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, having grown up with mostly console games and then only starting tabletop games later, um, there. I, I think a lot of people go into tabletop role-playing games kind of treating it like a role-playing video game, 
where you're like the main character and like you know you got to check all the rooms before you leave this area because you're not going to come back here and you know do all the side quests and talk to all the npcs and everything like that loot all the bodies loot all the bodies yes, yes. <laughs> yes. um and there's a lot of that in like a tabletop game but I think something that's unique about those is that you, as a player, are actually influencing the story live, like, as it is happening. Um, obviously, video games, they are preset, pre-programmed, certain things are going to happen um, in a tabletop game. Nothing is set in stone. And, uh, and also, another unique thing is you, unless you are playing a solo game, like you and the GM, you're usually with a group of people. And uh, that means that you, as a group, are the main characters, not just you running through this world solo, uh, looting all the bodies by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love looting them bodies, especially in ESO. I'm real good at that. Um, so for me, the biggest difference was the story itself. Because in video games, you have a beginning, you have the main storyline, here's what you're going to do, and here are all the steps to get there. You're at the end, yay, you win, you save the world. And then when it comes to RPGs, I like froze. I was like, oh, I can create my own character, I can do whatever I want. I don't even know what I can do. But that's the point, you can do whatever you want. And then going into it, playing somebody else was also really kind of difficult, but also liberating because you can explore different personalities of different characters that I don't have. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. But that was the biggest difference is I can learn with these groups of people and I can do what I want and kind of help create our story together instead of having a structured story. Yeah, that's I just one last thing. When I the very first game I played, tabletop RPG game, um, my friend who was jamming, hi Colton. Um, <laughs> he he kind of presented the situation, you know, we rolled into some town and kind of just he kind of described things and he just turns to me and he's like, "Okay, what do you what do you do?" And I, I kind of had that moment too of like, uh, what can, what can I do?" Like, what are the rules? Do I, can I, yeah, can I walk (laughs) forward? Like, who do I talk to? And it was just this, like, crazy moment of, like, whoa, I can, like, I can do anything. I can go talk to the crazy guy yelling in the street if I want to, or I can just, like, roll straight out of town and go somewhere else. So, (laughs) I think that's super cool. Well, and I love that it lets you give a level of commitment, like, do you want to dress up? Which is amazing if you do, or do you want to just casually play with friends? And I think it's nice to have different levels and not have to commit like 40 to 50 hours to one specific game which is fun in itself but it's nice to have the options for the game that you want to take at that time i did that for one of our streams my my character is a tabaxi and before we went into another system that means a cat person yeah anyone doesn't yes (laughs) i didn't in other words i drew whiskers on her face and a little nose it was so cute but (laughs) it kind of does help you get into character a little bit more because you're like okay now i feel like a cat (laughs) i love it i support that so much (laughs) dress up (laughs) get into it well and i think too if you want to like find like video games that kind of help like give you those choices and stuff i mean those are definitely out there too like one of my most favorite games is Detroit Become Human. Has anyone ever played that? 
so yeah. good. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's, yeah, it's a really good one. So I think, like, if you like that sort of thing in a game, like, you want to be able to make your own choices and kind of see how the story plays out. I mean, of course, with, with like, D&D, that's, it's, like, very customizable. But, um, but like, with Detroit, it kind of... I don't know. It kind of, like, it still, there is still, like, structure, but there's, like, hundreds of outcomes mm-hmm. with just that mm-hmm. game. And then, and it's almost like you're playing a different game every single time. So, like, if you're wanting to still kind of, bless you, if you're still kind of wanting to, like, get into those kinds of games, um, I would recommend Detroit Become Human. For sure. Hashtag Connor Army. Mm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Let's be real. It's all about Marcus. Um, so we wanted to talk to... <laughs> I just got to say Marcus, yeah. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, we wanted to talk to you about, like, maybe first-person shooter games versus story-driven games like Detroit. Um, You know, there's several different, millions of different types of games that you can choose from. But of those specific two, do you guys have a preference of which one? Which one was easier to kind of get a hang of? For me, it was, like, story-driven games. I'm all about them. I love the story. And I found, an, I found I had an easier time. Like, with Detroit, there's some really tricky quick-time events. It was easier for me to get into those types of games than first-person shooter. But what do you guys think? I am, um, like, with my friends, with our friends, we play a lot of story-driven games, which are great. But then, um, honestly, like, four months ago, we played Overwatch. And I think that's the one of the first games that I, like, started craving to play. And I think for me it's because if you suck one round you just come back and kick ass the next round. And if you have an off day, you're able to just, like, let it go. Um, So for me, like, first-person shooters and quick games, like Overwatch, um, Fortnite, or even, like, Super Smash, Mortal Kombat, are easy to play and easy to just let go of and not have to remember what story we're playing or what place we let off at. You're able to just pick a character, play the character, and just have an awesome time for five minutes and then move on to the next game. Cool. Anyone else? I'm right. kind of with you. Like, I, I think I prefer story. I think, but shooters are fun. I could never really get into them, though. Um, but I do love, like, what you're saying with quick games. Like, quick games um, don't feel so bad, I, I think, as, like, a beginner. Because, well, I, like, totally sucked on that round. Or, like, wow, that person mm-hmm. was really good and just completely stomped my face again and again and again. Well, load into the next game. You know, maybe I'll get paired with people who are not way better than me. Yeah. <laughs> you can blame it on your teammates. Totally, yeah. <laughs> it's their fault. It's I never my fault, just to be clear. <laughs> well, and if you want, like, the best of both worlds, the first-person shooter and the story during games, there's also a lot of those, too. Especially if you're trying to get better at first-person shooter games, because, like... For me, I have a hard time aiming. <laughs> I, like, I'm getting, I have gotten better, but like, there are games like Red Dead and even um, some of my favorites are like the, the more recent Tomb Raider games. They have that snap aiming feature, and I think that like, helps a lot um, as well as you're trying to get better at first-person shooter games, because then you can go on to do like, the more intense ones. Um, I, we, we kind of classify them as, like, the bro games. Don't take offense to that, please. But, like, Call of Duty and 
others. Bloodfield. Bloodborne. <laughs> I don't know. There's 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 a lot that I just haven't gotten into, but those ones are a little bit more technical. So I think mm-hmm. if you want to like start with something a little bit easier, you know, there's some other ones. To... I mean, raise your hand if you had to get used to like walking and looking in the right direction, because I will fully admit that. <laughs> you don't think about it in real life, but in a game, got a double finger. <laughs> Um, what about pve versus pvp do we have strong feelings about what kind of game maybe we should um, define those first Lindsay. go for it steph i'm not going to (laughs) (laughs) no i mean i mean i know what they mean but i just want to make sure that you know what they mean all right pvp is player versus player yes that's correct um and pve is like you versus a computer so Mm -hmm. Computer does not start with E. Environment. Yeah. This, I just want to make sure you guys know. Player, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say, I think for learning a new game, a PVE, 100%. Um, as if you are playing like a game that's online, like League, for example, uh, when you get into PvP, um, it's a fun game, but sometimes it can be rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone plays League, you know that very well. Um, and it can it can actually be like a pretty difficult transition, I think, from PVE to like you know you're fighting these bots who, who don't uh, scream at you over chat and tell you how horrible you are, to you know suddenly you're shifting to playing against um, regular people. And uh, I think it's tough to make that jump. And it would definitely be even harder if you like started on that level, just mm-hmm. trying to play against people. Um, so yeah, PvE. But I also think that there's no shame in like sticking with PvE if like that's what you're into. I know I played I played a little bit of Hearthstone. I'm not great. I just like only ever play the computer, and I'm cool with that because <laughs> that's the version that I enjoy. So, but I think PvP kind of automatically adds in like another level of competitiveness. Mm-hmm. It's true. I've seen that a lot with, like, I'm, I'm going to keep referencing Red Dead because it's really relevant <laughs> to me right now. But, like, the story mode was awesome and it was amazing. But then switching to the online mode, like, it, it was a whole new world. And I, and I know Lindsay can agree with me oh, on yeah. this. And, like, it's, it's, I mean, you're still in the same world, but it's so different. Especially when you're just, like, riding your horse along the path, minding your own business, and just someone just, like, snipes you from across the field and you're dead just like that. You're like, okay. And you see it was with a varmint rifle and you're like... <laughs> And you, like, didn't do anything to them. You didn't antagonize them. But that's that's online gaming, though. Like, it's just, at them it can funny. be rough. <laughs> I think that leads into our question about toxic people actually really well when you're playing PvP games. Yeah. Um, that, that's kind of the tricky thing about PvP games is there are toxic communities, toxic people, and people who are just, like, griefers and are just there to, like, mess with you. Um, how do we handle that? Very carefully. Very Lots of swears. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I think that's what the like mute and block mm-hmm. options are for. Uh, yes. My, I no joke. I like I go into every league game now. Just mute all. <laughs> just right at the beginning. I'm like. The, the number of times that someone has told me something relevant and or useful in chat is so small <laughs> that I'm, I'm just going to take the risk of not hearing from anybody this whole game. Right. Um, I, you know, 
but luckily I don't think every online gaming community is that way. Um, I know League kind of has that reputation, and it's certainly not that all players in that community are that way either. Um, but I, I actually think that people like you guys, I'm assuming, who are nice online. Um, we hope. Yeah. All of you. Or at least neutral. Um, I think that we actually can like do a lot uh, for toxic communities. Like I think a lot, of, a big reason that games or communities get so toxic is because only the toxic people are saying stuff. Not mm -hmm. the, the, pe the person also on your team who thought, well, I thought that play was fine, but I'm not going to say anything because, like, that's weird. Yep. Um, so I think kind of actually being, like, proactive and speaking up on chat and being positive can actually help. And it, it can make a huge difference for these other random people online that you might not even might not even realize. I'm 100% the D-bag that reports, like, tags that I don't, that aren't great. But... Yeah. I mean, I called myself a D-bag, but they're really the D-bag for being racist or homophobic or whatever they're going to be. So <laughs> I feel like, yeah, being proactive about standing up if you see something that isn't okay, um, reporting those types of things so that you can have a more inclusive and wholesome community. Yeah, that's great. That covered everything that I was going to say about it. Um, and I would just add... You know, like take, you know, just to sum it up, take advantage of the system itself. If it's got a, a mute block or whatever it is you need to do, remove yourself from that. Don't take treatment you don't deserve because you're there to have fun. You know, that's what you're doing at the end of the day. Um, so, and I think also like, we talked about this a little bit when we were getting ready, is how sometimes when you're playing with friends, um, your friends can be like, ah, oh, that's it, hand me the controller. Like, don't take that either. Just be like, I'm here to experience this, you know, and be the kind of friend that will sit patiently and watch your friend walk off the same cliff ten times. <laughs> like, I think you can really build a positive atmosphere with your friend dynamic and with your online dynamic of just being happy and letting people explore the world that they want to explore. You know? In my defense, I was very drunk when I did that. <laughs> okay, it was crazy. She was, like, really drunk, but she did way good for, like, the first 30 minutes, like, just muscle memory, Donkey Kong, going through everything, and then walked off the same cliff, like, 90 times, and I'm like, oh, the streak has ended. But, yes, that's a different story for a different time. Um. <laughs> I, have, I just have one thing real quick. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the in-person stuff because obviously with tabletop gaming, there's not a mute block option in real life. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Let's get some um, duct tape. Yeah. Restraining orders. Uh, App developers, get on that, please. Yeah, seriously. Um, I think fortunately, well, I mean, this certainly isn't a rule, but I think maybe generally I have found that people are less douchey in person when they're like looking at your face than they are mm -hmm. online. Um, there are exceptions to every rule, of course. You find those gems who have no trouble saying horrible things just right to your face, too. But um, in a tabletop setting, there are kind of other forms of like toxicity. If things are going on like in the story that are making you uncomfortable, or uh, like some of the banter around the table is like kind of meh, I think that it's also fine to like remove yourself from those situations. And um, there are actually kind of safety nets that you can set up for yourself if you want to play a tabletop game. Um, we did this on the Codex cast at the beginning. Yeah. Um, do you remember what we, we've got lines and veils and um, yeah. X cards? Yeah. Do you want to I talk about it? I remember those? the X card was like if it's something that you hadn't 
pushed forward and said, I don't want this certain thing to happen, and something comes up that makes you super uncomfortable, and you can just like say, I'm, I always imagine. You just imagine. have a card at the table that yeah. you can show as an X on it, and all that signals to the GM is, hey, can, like, just move on from skip this part. This Let's part. just skip ahead. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to explain why or what about it, and we don't, it doesn't have to be a big production. It's just yeah. a way to signal to your GM, like, something, whatever it is that's happening right now, Let's just kind of move yeah. to the next thing. Um, but lines and veils are also useful for starting a tabletop group. You can kind of define with your group of friends or whoever you're playing with before the game even starts. Here are the things that like I don't want to ever come up in this game. Don't want to deal with them. Don't want to talk to talk about them. Don't want them to happen at all or even exist in this world. Um, and then veils are things that you can say it's fine if it happens in you know, the game in this universe, but we don't need to describe it behind in graphic detail. Yeah, behind the veil. Mm. We don't need to deal with it. We don't need to, like, role play out every moment. Mm. Let's just kind of, like, this happens, cut to black, move on to the next thing. So <laughs> those are useful sort of proactive tools for, like, reducing those moments of um, mm. discomfort. Tension. Yeah, that's awesome. I actually had no idea about that, about, mm -hmm. um, like, tabletop games. And I think that's an awesome addition to, like, have. Um, so, obviously, yeah, we've got a toxic community that pops up from time to time that we have to deal with. What are some other struggles in your gaming career that you've run into, and how have you overcome it? Just finding people in general. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like, just going out and asking, hey, I'm a gamer. Does anyone else play this game? Do you want to play together? <laughs> Like, you, you can't exactly just go out and announce yourself. <laughs> <laughs> when we were, uh, we did, like, a group chat going over what we were talking about, and we were like, okay, how many of us, like, don't really put it out there to everyone that you're a big gamer? And I think all of us agree that it's not always the first thing we tell people about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that there's a stigma that you have to surpass and be like, I'm a gamer and proud, but also, like, keep a part of it. Not hidden. Like, I, I feel like that's such a negative thing. But... Not everyone gets it, and you have to be okay with that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And speaking of which, on her level one geek blog is like my favorite one. So there's a quote on that that says, there may be D&D or regular gamers, geeks, hiding in plain sight among your classmates, coworkers, friends, and neighbors, and you just don't know it yet. And for me, it was like a, a coworker. I just heard him mention like D&D just like across the room. <laughs> Did you just say what I think you just said? And so I walked over and I was like, hey, I heard you mention D&D. And he's like, oh, do you play? And I'm like, yeah. I was like, well, I mean, I just started, but yeah, I play. And then we just kind of bonded over that. And we actually helped a few other people want to learn how to play D&D. &D, and that was awesome. Yeah, I can't tell I can't even think of the number of people that I've met who you have that moment of like, you what? You play? I play. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. I never would have thought. Um. And then and you're on different consoles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why you play tabletop. You it's don't true. Need <laughs> no, and I've actually, I started a little lunchtime group at my work just to invite people who have never, never played before, who have always kind of been like, oh, I've always heard about this, been curious, like, want to try it, but, like, don't want to sign up for a 40-year-long campaign. So, you know, I do stuff with that, like, I've introduced a lot of people to the game. I, I love doing that because I think like there are so many people who really can enjoy games like that. Mm -hmm. And um, But because of the stigma, like you mentioned, I think especially with tabletop gaming, <laughs> I think there's like, okay, like I'm a nerd, but I'm not like that 
kind of nerd. Like, I'm not that level yet. That's and so sad. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the stigma. And I, so, I mean, here's my little personal mission to, like, partly break that down and, and prove that, like, you can be a competent, normal, successful, sociable, friendly human being and also enjoy gaming in all of its various forms. Mm-hmm. Well, and let's be real, there's a lot of non-gamers who are not, do not fit all of those categories. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but you can be that type of person and also be true. a gamer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then that type of person is the one that will rage quit the hardest. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think it's important, too, to be like inclusive and welcoming to beginners and, and patient with beginners too. So like for, um, I, I, I do have some D and D experience. Um, like about last summer, I, like I would find out from like some, a few different friends kind of all over the map, like, Oh, you play D and D. Can I join your group? Mm, no, sorry. We already have our group and we actually don't like beginners. Like someone actually said that to my face and I, that made me really upset. And I was like, all I want to do is just try D and D. Like I really want to get into this, but there were just, I just couldn't find any groups that were like, you know, willing to help somebody who had no idea what they were doing. And, and then I finally did find a group that was actually all beginners and it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, they were very patient. They were very helpful. And I would ask dumb questions, and they would they would help me. And so I think like that's a huge part of it too. Is just to be like be okay with helping beginners. Like we all want to learn. We all want to have fun. Yeah. I actually ended up getting really really lucky with being a new room doing tabletop because I was at church one day just talking to some people saying hey yeah you probably won't see us outside much we're gamers and (laughs) our dungeon master Natasha and she just happens to be like a few people back and came to find me a little while later was like hey I heard you say you're a gamer I'm like yeah and then we started talking she's like hey so I'm gonna start this uh codex cast group and do some role playing do you want to do it and I'm like what like what is this and so she introduced me to all of it we had like a soft run at one point, and then a couple of weeks later, she's like, okay, we're going to get started, we're going to do all of it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but like, I got really lucky because she knew that I was so new and didn't care. She's like, that's what we want. We want somebody who's new and learning so then other people can relate or I can just straight up learn in general. So I got really, really lucky, so I'm grateful for that. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I've only had good experiences, like, for the most part of like tabletop RPGs like being invited people are pretty inclusive so like don't be afraid to ask and don't you know be afraid of some stigma of being like oh I I don't want to say I play you know I think that's all really good points um do we have any positive experiences and or challenges that you faced as a female gamer because we've all kind of encountered that at some point or another in the news or elsewhere um, do you guys have any thoughts or feelings about that? When people say, oh, you don't look like a gamer. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is a gamer supposed to look like? Like, you can yeah. be anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of, like, and I, I think that's kind of why sometimes I hesitate, because I think there's that reaction of, like, like, you don't, you don't look like, uh, what I'm thinking of when I think of a gamer. Um, and, uh, and I'm okay with that. I don't know what people are thinking of when they think of a gamer, but um, I think it's fine to like be a different version. Yep. And it is, I think on the flip side, it is sometimes a little fun to like 
like surprise, mm -hmm. I'm a nerd. But like, <laughs> I put hundreds and hundreds of hours yeah. into. Uh, or you know, like the sometimes on like the online games, the like what, like you're a girl. I don't. That's kind of mixed. Oh my God. I think that's where some negativity can come from, like when they find out you're a girl when you're online gaming, and then, um, and it's only happened that several, like a couple times, but like, just inappropriateness comes. And I think yeah. that's just douchebag people. Like some people, like that's when we use the mute button for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's why sometimes our gamer tags are so general. It's because yeah. if it happens to relate to something a woman would like at all. Which is I, unfortunate. I think that yeah. pushes a lot of female gamers out of the community. So, but I hope it doesn't because I've had really good experiences too. Where you know I've done the like I've played for like an hour with a team and then I've gotten on like on the division and been like, oh hey, let's actually go do this. And they're like, whoa, you're a girl. And I'm like, okay, first of all, like. Is that a reaction because you, my avatar's a girl and you didn't think I was a girl? Like, I didn't, I didn't understand where that disconnect was, but it's also like, you know, I had a very inclusive group that was just like, yeah, cool, like, you're really good. And I was just like, well, hang on a sec, though. Like, did you think I wasn't good because I'm a girl? You know, but just like, not, you know, going about it with a lighthearted kind of um, point of view will get you a little bit farther. Um, and just, you know, go have fun, go find good people. They're out there <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that that's starting to break down a little. Like, I think there are more female gamers than there used to be. Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. And I, like, not that, uh, not that it's all bad. You know, we've all had plenty of positive experiences, too. But, like, I think part of what's important about being a female gamer, even, is, like, kind of being willing to put up with some of that stuff to, like, continue to improve things for future female gamers. That makes it sound really heroic. It's mm -hmm. not like I'm doing much, like I'm just playing games. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but I think it's important to like be okay. Sometimes like we're kind of in uh, that like generation of where we're still getting some of that flack, but it's getting better. And if we all just quit because we have some of these negative experiences, then it's not ever going to get better. Right. Well, and then you yeah. miss out on playing a fun game. Exactly. And, mm -hmm. So hopefully, like, you can just build a community where it is enjoyable instead of awful. Mm -hmm. And I think, like you're saying, it is definitely getting better. Yeah. But sometimes, like, you just got to mute that. And There's then, children in here, that D-bag. And then don't be like <laughs> me and introduce a friend, a girlfriend, into gaming and then get super, super, super jealous that they all of a sudden became better than you. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. I did it. It's not good. It's not good. Don't do it. <laughs> So I think a huge challenge about gaming, and this has kind of been scraped a little bit um, in our topics, is overcoming the I suck phase. We've all been there. If you haven't been there, play a few different games. I just started, we started like the new Wolfenstein installment, and Young I blood. am terrible at it. <laughs> oh, it's so hard. It's, it's so hard for me, and I don't understand, like, I've thrown right back into, like, childhood where I don't know how to play Mario Kart, and I'm like, what, you're supposed to jump to turn? Like, you know, I didn't get it. Um, she ended so, up um, asleep on my floor instead of playing with us. I did. I was very tired that day, though. Um, but yes, I did hand over the controller. I'm like, okay, you guys play, and then I will practice at this later, but... How do, you, how do you guys overcome the I suck phase of gaming? Like when you start a new game that you just happen to not be good at or 
in general when you start out and you don't know how to, you know, walk and look at the same time? I think practice is the biggest thing. I mean, I know that sounds really cliche and you're just like, well, I don't want to practice. Like, I just want to be good. (laughs) But like, for me, I, like, I've, I've been one of the, I've, many times I've been one of those, like, I suck, like, I'm just, I'm so done with this, like, here, take the controller for me, I don't want to do this, and I'll still do that from time to time, just depending on my mood, but, like, I, especially once I got my own PS4, the first game I played was Spider-Man, because it's amazing, and I, I'm not gonna lie, like, just the first boss, has, has anyone played that game yet, the new Spider-Man? So, the very first boss you face, like, it's at the very beginning. It's not that much of a spoiler, but it's, um, oh my gosh, I'm totally forgetting his name. Fisk. Fisk, thank you. (laughs) I was like, I'm like, I know what he looks like. (laughs) But anyways, I can't even tell you how many times I died trying to beat him. And I was also trying to get used to the controls and just figure out, how does Spider-Man, like, combat? Like, what is this? Anyways, um, (laughs) like, I was doing so bad, but I just, I kept at it. I didn't give up. I just wanted to like keep going. I also played it by myself so that people wouldn't see that I kept failing. But I just I got better because I wanted to keep playing the game because I I was still enjoying it. So I think just the biggest thing is just to keep trying. Yeah, absolutely. And then realizing your strengths and weaknesses because I can practice all day every day in Destiny 2 PVP and I will not be like above the bottom 2. Ever. <laughs> and so I, I, even after a bunch of practice, I was like, you know what, I'm okay at it, but I know that my strength is PvE, and I can play against all these other guys that are, like, super good at PvP, and I can beat the snot out of them with PvE. And so sometimes it's taking and realizing, I know I'm not good at this certain genre or this certain play style, but hey, I'm trying something else, and I happen to be really, really good at this. So, like, don't get discouraged if you're not good at something. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't matter. You'll have the strength somewhere else. And there's nothing wrong with continuing to practice and becoming just a little bit better. Even if you won't become the best. I think it's important too, yeah, like, to realize you can say, I don't like this game and I don't. Like, (laughs) I think sometimes you're just not going to love a game. And that's okay. And your friends might love it and play it every night without you. But it's just not your thing. And they're, that's okay. They're referring to Super Smash. Um, it's not. Oh, were you Red not? Dead. Oh. Wow. We, yeah. Super Smash as well, though. Well, I thought you were talking about We me. all have our weaknesses. Um, I mean, I'm like, talking about you just with Red Dead. Yeah, because I'm, I'm sorry. I'm one of those few people in the world that just, I don't find enjoyment playing Super Smash, probably because I do suck. We can boo that. Boo. No, stop that. This is a positive. Positive experience. But yeah, finding a positive group. But like, yeah, like there's there's such a variety of games out there. Like there is something out there for everyone. Like yeah, maybe I don't really like Super Smash and those kinds of games. But like I love Spider Man. I love Red Dead. I love Bioshock. Like there's so many other types of games out there. So many. Agreed. Well, you guys, I think we've got some time for questions. Um, again, just if you want to ask a question, please come up to the mic. If you need the mic brought to you, raise your hand nice, big, and tall, and we'll, we'll figure that out. Or just come up to the mic. <laughs> or, or just come up to the mic. <laughs> Looks like we've got someone. Oh, yeah. Hi. Hello there. Um, so my question is, um, in past experiences where you've been invited to participate in a game that you have never played before, have there been any particular uh, techniques that people have used to introduce you to the game that did or did not work? Hmm. 
for me, it's really helpful. I have a friend, Brian, um, who he will usually play the game for a little bit and show me and be like, okay, so what I'm, you know, this is what I'm doing. This is where I'm going. And like, I kind of get the feel of the gravity, like the physics of the game. Um, and then he'll pass the controller and I, you know, I, I'm just a very visual person. I learn by watching. So it's really helpful for me to watch first like that. Um, unhelpful. <laughs> I just throw him into the deep end and watch him drown. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't do that. I mean, just introducing people slowly, just like definitely not throwing him into the deep end, just saying, okay, here's how you jump. Here's how you move the camera. Like even just like the super simple mechanics can make the biggest difference on mm -hmm. how they continue to progress and learn. When I play with my husband and I'm like not doing great, he's always like, "Well, are you having fun?" And that's really helpful for me to be like, "Okay, yeah. this is a stupid game. Like it's it's a game. <laughs> In the end, you're playing to have fun. You don't have to be the best at it." So. Yeah. And as far as tabletop games. They're kind of their own monster with introducing people, new players to it, because there are usually a lot of different rules and mechanics, and most people, um, like, it's kind of a weird thing, like, role-playing that a lot of people in their adult life don't necessarily do on a daily basis. I was just in a panel over there, who oh, yeah. the, the panelist is talking about how, like, okay, I'm going to... I've just joined this group, and I maybe only kind of know you guys, and now I'm going to pretend to be a gnome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hey, that's watch me. me be a gnome, everyone. <laughs> um, so I think introducing new people, I think it does help to actually introduce in groups of new people, so everyone can kind of feel like silly and like, I don't know what I'm doing together. Mm -hmm. um, as, but it's also helpful to have a few like seasoned players. I know the first game I ever played, it was, um, we had... Uh, four new people and then one person who had played quite a bit and he sort of led the way with role playing by pl purposely playing a very ridiculous outlandish character <laughs> Colton knows what I'm talking about he had a high squeaky voice he would just like run in and do stuff he was crazy but that by him being so over the top or sometimes your GM can do it too like be the one who's willing to be silly because then everyone else at the table We'll be like, okay, well, at least I'm not as as weird as that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for your hey, question. Thank you. Thank you. Any other questions, please? Oh, oh my gosh, sorry. We're falling <laughs> through. So towards the beginning, you guys kind of mentioned, you know, story-driven games versus like PvP, for example, or FPS. What's your opinion of games where like it has a pretty immersive story, but you actually have to search it out? For example, Dark Souls story is told <laughs> through the item descriptions. Man, <laughs> you got to be up for the challenge. Um, that, I'll put it that way. Like, I think there are people who get an immense amount of enjoyment from those kinds of games, where like they're just like, yeah, like I, I beat this super hard boss without cheesing him, and I was able to, you know, do all this and find this mission that I, didn't, you know, was super secret. Like. I think they're fun, and I think they've got benefits, but for me, I need something a little more straightforward. I need, like, you know, a mission log or, you know, something like that um, to really get going. But, I mean, hey, things change every year for me, so. Fair. Yeah, I remember playing Ocarina of Time for the first time, and I hated it. <laughs> I have not gone back. But I just, the open world concept, it was not for me. Um, but... I think that 
it is for some people. So, I mean, obviously, Sekiro, Bloodborne are very popular games. So. Yeah, if you're super into lore and, like, digging into that kind of stuff, it is absolutely, like, just written for you. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. whereas other people are, like, kind of like me, I like the straightforward, hey, here's what this is, and this is how it works, and stuff like that. But I think they're... I think it's almost genre. like a reward system. Yeah. Like, if, if you are the type of player who wants to, like work at this, then, like, we're going to reward you. Um, Heavily. Like, you get out what you put into that. Those Absolutely. kinds of games, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. For sure. Which, I'm, I'm lazy. I don't want to <laughs> I like Fair the game enough. to tell me what yeah. to do. <laughs> Fair enough. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Hey, so, I yeah. like to play Stardew. Oh, I also are like you Horizon. Starbucks? Yes. Yes, I am. Yes, I love that show. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Yes. Um, so, what would be some good recommendations to play next for a noob? Okay, um, what is it that you like about it? I really like, I like to complete tasks. I think I like to do that. I'm very completionist when I like to play games. Okay. Um, I've got a couple recommendations. I would say if you like Stardew, you've got to play Harvest Moon or like Animal Crossing. Those are very friendly, easy, similar games. Like I played Harvest Moon 64 like every day growing up. Um, and it's very similar to Stardew Valley, which I, is why I think I like Stardew Valley so much. Because I'm just like, this is so similar. Have you played um, Journey? No. Oh, That's Journey. really zen. So, like, if you like um, how Stardew Valley is very um, relaxed, laid back, Journey's very zen. It's very beautiful. It's very... Um, there's no talking in it, but there's very gorgeous music. And, mm-hmm. so and a story a that's, one. like... Amazing, just told through without dialogue. Yeah, try mm-hmm. Journey. I think that awesome. that's a good one. Thanks, guys. Uh huh. All right, looks like I need to play Stardew Valley. <laughs> so, um, what are your thoughts on the on gamers who have played one game from a franchise and claim to know everything about that? <laughs> Example: um, those who they've only played Pokemon Go. And they think that now they know everything about Pokemon. They're they're a fan of it. They know they love it. What what are your thoughts Let on me that? Think because about that, really? I I've got a friend like that. It's and okay. To, it's so okay to love something. I'm not, I'm gonna say that it's okay to love something and to be passionate about the one thing that they have played. But I would definitely encourage them to keep exploring because like Pokemon, for example, has hundreds of installments that they could check out, and all of them are so fun. So, you know, give it a, give it a shot. That's when give, you give some new things a shot. Yeah. You start quizzing and say, what I, number is this Pokemon? <laughs> and do you know what type they're weak against? Do you just do that kind of stuff? And just kind of <laughs> trip them out. I think it's okay, though, honestly. Like, I think people kind of want to invest what they want to invest. I think it's good to, like, make recommendations and stuff. But I, I don't know. I have... I had a friend who kind of uh, was that way with, like, Marvel stuff. And I, I grew up watching all the cartoons, but I didn't really read any of the comic books. And uh, kind of in his eyes, that made me a poser, which I think we don't need to, like, go around throwing shade at each other either <laughs> if, like, we don't know every single thing about a particular universe. I think everyone, like, mm-hmm. you can love what you love, and maybe if you have that friend, you can like encourage them to check out additional Pokemon (laughs) games because they love this one so much. You want to encourage, not like push people away. So I guess that's maybe just lead them towards 
Great. More things. Be like, Gentle hey, I manipulation. Have this, I have this game. Here, borrow, borrow my Switch or whatever. You know, just be like, yeah. play this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying you guys should do that to me. Sorry, I'm, oh, the one that's, I'm the one that's guilty of that. I, I'm a huge Pokemon Go person. And that's it. <laughs> so We'll maybe, get her into Let's Go, Evie. Real maybe soon. I'll try. Real Thank, soon. You. Yeah. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I think we've got time for like one or two more. One more? No more? We'll see. Colton, more? (laughs) When playing a more story-driven game, what level of immersion do you guys like as newer players? Total immersion. (laughs) 100%. It depends on how scary the game is. Oh, my gosh. Um, Yeah, that is true. If it's a horror game, it's like, let's just keep going from objective A to B, and, like, let's just keep going. (laughs) I will say, I played Bioshock in, like, full immersion, like, in my tiny college apartment, lights off, headphones on, and I got really scared. (laughs) And it was totally worth it. Like, now I'm totally pumped when I replay that game because I'm just like, I remember screaming about this. But, at this, you know, if it was anything scarier than Bioshock, I think I'd have to, you know, maybe have a hall light on, have mm-hmm. some friends with me bantering. <laughs> have some light music playing in the background. Like, yeah. do you want me to dress up as Slender Man? No, <laughs> no, I'm not saying, like, dress up. I'm like, when the story of a game starts introducing you to the world they're trying to portray to you, whether it be visually or in descriptions for tabletop games, how much you want that world to envelop your experience. Are you talking like more like open world type games? Like when they're typically all of a like shooters like a have a little more. less unless you're playing like mm-hmm. Overwatch and you go and read the sixteen thousand pages oh. of lore that everyone's written for each individual character. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just kind of fun to have it unfold Sorry. as you go. Yeah. Like I don't think I need all of that thrown in my face. Um, I actually kinda like Skyrim's balance that like the more you dig you can totally go read all of the books in Skyrim and that's fine if you want to do that but if you don't you don't have to and you still can get the story and you can get a sense of what this world is just by continuing to be in it Um, well and I think a lot of there's a couple of games that come to mind for me um Tomb Raider is one and even Red Dead but like um, you can just like focus on like the story missions. Like you can just keep going with those. But I like that it does give you an option to like explore more. You don't have to because it doesn't really impact the story. But like if it's like a world that you really enjoy and you're like, wow, I really want to get into this. Like yeah, if you're an Overwatch person that you're like, I gotta go find like all the lore. Do it by all means, you know. But you also don't have to to enjoy the games too. I think like I I think I like the games that um, you know give you enough to just like keep going the, at least the story part yeah it's nice to have the option mm-hmm. to be I think fully immersed it, whenever you want yeah it's very game by game yeah so well we're actually out of time but please Thanks come cool. up grab a business card grab a sticker thank you guys business so much job. for coming yes, have a great comic con yeah. thanks guys I have a special treat QR code on my business card if anyone wants to buy or not buy them grab them they're free <laughs> don't worry um, yeah. but it's like a little taste of D&D if you've ever wondered what it might be like to play so. it's really cool yeah please, please come get some yourself. swag some swag 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 bag awesome the handmaiden cosplay is awesome <laughs> hey guys we just want to take a minute to tell you guys about odd coin so you're obviously listening to podcasts but are you making money? Now, I know I know what you're thinking. It's not a scam. It's not 
sketchy, but Podcoin is an app that we are available on that you can actually earn what they call Podcoin to send towards charity or even to buy gift cards with. For yourself. For yourself. Or give to charity. Or give to charity for others. You decide. If you guys are like us, you're listening to several different podcasts every day. I think I put on a podcast when I do the dishes, when I fold laundry, when I should be um, taking care of my kid, but I'm like, <laughs> scream in the other room. Jeez. So you might as well get paid to do it, right? <laughs> All you got to do is download the, download the Podcoin app on your phone and start getting paid to listen to podcasts. And we've got a special little deal for you. If you sign up and then use the code cutscenes, you'll get 300 Podcoin. That's for free. That's really good. That's a lot of podcoin, you guys. A decent amount of hours listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. So it gets you a good jump start. Go give it go check it out. 